Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, good morning everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today here on Healing Journeys Today. Uh, my name is Mike Hesh, and I have a good word for us today from our Father and uh, through His Word and by His Spirit. So um, the topic today that I was going to talk about, I entitled, uh, what did I call it? Freed from Sin and Sickness. Now, the obvious question is, and I'll ask you, do you still sin? We do sin. And the Bible says that we even get sick, and we're going to talk about that. So if we've been freed from sin and sickness, then how come we still sin, and how come we still get sick? It's a very valid question, isn't it? Yeah. Think about this. I'm going to uh, go to a scripture that we're all familiar with. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, notice this, very important points here. In uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 24, it says, Who his own self, speaking of Jesus, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. You know, the Bible's very clear that when Jesus hung on the tree, that he hung there for everyone's sin. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that he who knew no sin hath God made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So very important to uh, think about this in that context. If we can sin, then how is that possible if we've been freed from sin? And if we can sin, whom Jesus has freed us from sin, then is it possible that we can get sick too? And if both of those are possible, but yet we've been freed from them, then how is it that we can live in what Christ has done for us instead of what is possible through sin and sickness. How do we make that separation? Like uh, one of the questions was, if we were already healed, then why do we need to rebuke sickness and rebuke disease? Well, in the same way that we've been re uh, delivered from sin, we've been delivered from sickness and disease. So let's look at how we were delivered from sin. Let's go to 1 John here, since we're so close. In 1 John chapter 2, uh, in chapter 1, uh, it's important to note that uh, John is writing unto us concerning our fellowship, not our relationship, but our fellowship. You know, relationship is something that you have through the new birth. And it's unalterable, it's unchangeable. Just like the seed that your father planted into your mother, 
and turned out to be you or me, uh, that's unalterable. You can never remove that seed out of yourself, okay? You're always going to be the child of your father and the child of your mother. And uh, whether you like it or not, <laughs> that's the way it's going to be. And John is making the same point. He's, he's not discussing relationship that is secure through the finished work of Jesus Christ and us being born again. But what he's talking about is fellowship, how we relate to our father and his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. So let's see here in, um, in uh, chapter two, verse one, it says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Okay. So the point that he's talking about here is he's saying, look, the reason he's writing the word unto us and sharing what the spirit has laid on his heart with us is so that we can choose not to sin where we can make a decision. Hey, I am being tempted here. Now, do I really want to accept that temptation? And if I accept that temptation, what is going to be the result of it? So uh, I won't teach on this topic. I've been teaching on it in, in my Sunday class, but uh, about he's not talking about relationship. In other words, if we sin, it is not going to change our relationship with God. But what will sin do? Well, sin will have the same effect in your life that sickness has when it comes into your body. It becomes a separation from the life that you have because of what Jesus Christ has done. So the point that John is, that I want to stress here, that John is also stressing, is that we have a choice to sin or not to sin. And if we do choose to sin and we realize, wow, this is not right, then go back to chapter one, there is a cleansing from that choice. There is, uh, the Father is faithful and just to forgive that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And why is he faithful? Well, he's faithful because the finished work of Jesus Christ already took care of that sin, even though that was done thousands of years ago in our time, in God's time, it's still in eternity. So it's still like a present moment with him that our sin is forgiven, has been paid for, past tense. Okay, so uh, Paul makes the same point, if you'll turn with me to Galatians, he makes this exact same point in Galatians. So flip back there with me. Galatians chapter 5. You know, uh, as a result of me being very, very sick and then getting uh, healed or receiving healing and being set free, I went back and looked into the Word of God at all the things that I thought I understood, at all the teachings, the doctrines, the things that I thought I understood. And I realized that much of what I had received in church were doctrines 
that don't agree with the finished work of Jesus Christ. So when once I began to receive revelation such as I'm sharing with you today, man, I had a brand new Bible. I began to see the completed work of Jesus everywhere instead of seeing everything as what I needed to do to have favor with God or to get in his graces or to be accepted or all that, that uh, strife of... Uh, and sin consciousness and, and condemnation, all those things that just drove me uh, into strife, those kind of things melted away once I understood uh, you know, the point I'm sharing with you today, along with many others. And Galatians was one of these chapters uh, that really came alive to me and I understood some things that it was saying. So uh, I want to go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, on the point about, like John said, hey, look, he said, I'm writing the word. You, we could say it this way. The word was given to us to help us to choose not to sin. But if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He paid for that sin. He was the propitiation for that sin. Therefore, even though we do sin, even though it's God's will for us not to sin, if we do sin, we have forgiveness for that sin because it's already been placed on Christ. So think about that in the same way with sickness and disease. Sickness and disease can come onto us because, and I'm going to get into these points, because our bodies are not yet redeemed. So in the same way that sin can come to us, sickness comes to us also, but the same victory that we apply to being forgiven of our sins when we even sin, that same victory is available to us over sickness and disease. So let me read this. It says in verse 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led of the spirit, you're not under a law, okay? You're not bound anymore to do works or perform in a certain way to have fellowship with God. Once you became born again, you were sealed, we're going to go there also, by the Holy Spirit of promise. So what Paul is encouraging these folks here, as John was, was, hey, look, choose to walk after the Spirit, because your Spirit is completely, totally brand new. You're a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And because we are this new creature in Christ, every part of the inheritance that Jesus uh, procured for us, that we are joint heirs with him in, we have the ability to exercise and to receive that inheritance uh, whenever we're walking in the Spirit. And we've talked about this in the past, so I'm not going to go into that point. So notice here in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul makes this same statement. Uh, I mean, he enforces this choosing part in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 
verse 27, where he says, neither give place to the devil. If he's telling you not to give place, that means it's possible to give place to the devil. And how do we give place to the devil? Well, it starts with, like Peter said in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, he said that the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, okay? So both the, all these writers are telling us, hey, look, there's a devil out there and he is seeking whom he may devour. So keep yourself off his menu by doing what? By walking after the spirit of Christ that you're born of. In other words, walking in the spirit is your hedge of protection against sinning and sickness and disease, okay? That's your hedge of protection, okay? Because that's going to not give place to the devil. You might say, well, wait a minute. If you're saying that the only way sickness can come to me is giving place to the devil, then, wow, we could walk free from sickness and disease. But is, it that, is that the only way that you can get sick? is by the devil directly affecting you because you gave place to him? No, that's not true. In fact, I shared a live stream earlier on uh, the uh, man in John chapter 9, who Jesus said that he didn't commit sin and neither did his parents, but yet he was born blind. So how does that happen? Well, you know, in... Um, in uh, chapter, let's see, where is that? In, um, it tells us, look, let's go to Romans chapter 8. That's a good place to start. Romans chapter 8. You know, the Bible says that even though we are born again and we are sealed by the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 4.30, that we are still in mortal bodies. Okay, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 tells us this. 8, 11 of Romans, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, but the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead. It, no, it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The word mortal there means dying, okay? Do you know that we're all made up of the earth? Even though we've been born uh, out of Adam, we are all from the dirt, okay? We're made up of the same elements, our physical body, that the earth is made up of. And the Bible says in many places, uh, Isaiah 51, I think it is, tells us that that our bodies, like the earth, are wearing out like an old garment, okay? Think about an old garment. I have a, a bunch of jeans that I've, oh, I hate to part with them, but, uh, you know, I've worn them and, uh, you know, I wear them and I do work in them and they eventually wear through. They're very comfortable, but, you know, the knees are worn out. Uh, you know, there's tears in them from working and catching on things. And, and you know, I was 
I was way popular before wearing those jeans before anybody else, before they started charging you $120 to tear your jeans up. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, hey, let me borrow your pair. I'll do it for free. Anyway, no, but our body's wearing out because it is mortal. Uh, let's go back to Ephesians chapter one. I just want to read you this to give you some a foundation in the word to what I'm saying. It's so important. In Ephesians chapter one, it, uh, it tells us in verse 13 that uh, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He goes on to say, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the until the redemption of the purchased possession. Okay. Now, when uh, a couple of obvious questions here is an earnest of our inheritance. So, what does the earnest mean? If you've ever purchased a house, they have what is called earnest money, and that is the money that you put down to secure the uh, property unto you until such time as all the negotiations and the vetting for that, your finances, et cetera, are, are accomplished. And that means that no one can buy that house out from underneath you as long as you've placed that money down. In other words, that secures that house for you. Let's say you're buying a, you know, a, a $300,000 home, okay? So you, you want to buy the home, uh, but yet you still have to get all your paperwork together. You have to get your finances together, everything. So what you do is you give them $3,000 check and you say, I want to buy this house. Now, the minute the seller accepts that $3,000, even though it's not near the value of that home, what he's saying is, by, through accepting that, is I cannot sell this home to anyone else as long as you know you've i've received that money and at such time that this contract is complete i agree to sell this home to you and i cannot accept any other offers no matter how much they offer me i am legally uh, not able to sell this house to anyone else even though you've only given them three thousand dollars and the home's worth three hundred thousand dollars well, that's what our father did by sealing us with his spirit. In other words, he didn't just seal us spiritually. He said, look, I'm sealing you with my spirit. So everything that you are now is protected uh, and belongs to me and can never be separated from me. Okay. But our bodies are still mortal. They are in a state of decay. So he gave us his spirit, as we just read in Romans 8, 11, to give and preserve life to that mortal body to fulfill the promise of life that we have here on earth. Okay, uh, you can go to Psalms 90, 10, and it tells us that um, we have given 70 years and by reason of strength, 80. You can go back to uh, Genesis and you'll see that God said the years of man would be 120. You can go up to Moses and see that he lived, you know, to that 120. He would have lived beyond. 
But uh, anyway, the point I'm making is here, the spirit, the spirit of God is what was given to us to fulfill that promise to our physical bodies, okay? And the only way that that spirit has place in our physical body to do what God has given it for is with our agreement. And the way we agree with our Father is through walking after the Spirit. In other words, we're living according to His Word. We're walking in His Word and letting His life be the life that we're living. And when we're partakers of that Spirit with Him, then the Spirit has freedom to give and preserve life to our mortal body. So, if we're like we see in John 9, I mentioned this guy had sickness and disease, even though he didn't sin, God made provision through the born again experience where we could still have assurance to live out all of our years. But that is subject to our will, okay? And that's why there's, in fact, most all of the New Testament is more about how to walk in the inheritance that we have because we're born again than it is about uh, you know getting converted so that you can be born again. More of the New Testament is how to walk after the Spirit and fulfill the desires of our Father that He placed in His Spirit for us to live to and through uh, in order for that to you know, in order for us to experience the fullness of that. So having said that, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says that uh, we are still in mortal bodies. It shows us here that God sealed us and that there is coming a day where he's going to get the full, uh, it uses this term, it says, until the redemption of the purchased possession. In other words, all of us belongs to God because of the Spirit. It tells us in Corinthians, it says that uh, we're not our own, that we've been bought with a price, that we should glorify God in our body and our spirit, which belong to Him, okay? And the way we do that glorifying is by walking after the Spirit. So here it says that there's coming a day, not we're in that day, but there's coming a day of redemption where we're going to be loosed away from the mortality of our body. And as it says in, let's go to 1 Corinthians. This also makes the very same point. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I encourage you to read the whole chapter because Paul's addressing this question of mortality uh, about, and uh, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, he makes this point. And he says uh, in verse, um, let's start in verse, uh, oh, wow. Uh, verse 42, it says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. So if you're, if you're to leave your body before Jesus returns. In other words, if you're, you give up the, your physical life here before a Christ returns, then you will be buried, okay? And your body will see corruption, okay? But it says, 
it says here that when that happens, it says in verse 43, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. That's the point I wanted to get to. So just as we're recreated in the spiritual part of us, we're made new creatures. So one day our bodies will be redeemed and be changed in the same way that Jesus's body was changed from a physical mortal body when he was here walking on the earth to a redeemed spiritual body. But yet it was still flesh and bone. We Remember Jesus after the resurrection when they thought he was a ghost? He said, hey, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have here. So we're going to have a body that is flesh and bone, but it's going to be made alive by the Spirit, and it's not going to be bound by the natural physical laws of this earth. It's going to be able to uh, uh, move and uh, exist in the same way that the spiritual part does it does uh, right now. So he goes on to say, it says um, in verse um, 48, as the earthy, such are they that are earthy, and they uh, and as is heavenly, such are they that is heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. In other words, he's saying, uh, just like Jesus, just as Jesus bore the physical body here on earth and after the resurrection, he was, his body was changed, so ours will be. Listen to what it says. Verse 50, now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. He said, I show you a mystery. Not all will sleep. In other words, not all are going to die and be buried in the ground. He said, but we shall all be changed. In other words, listen to what he says. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorrupt, uh, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So Paul is relating the same, the point I'm sharing with you, is that, uh, there's coming a day when this body, which is mortal, corruptible, dying, will put on incorruption. But that's, as he said in Ephesians chapter 1, is for an appointed day. When Christ returns, that's what's going to happen. When Christ returns, uh, we're going to be changed in the moment in a twinkling of an eye, and then we'll be uh, caught up to be with him and so shall we ever be with the Lord, as it says in uh, Thessalonians. So again, here we see that even though we've been redeemed and we are freed from sin and sickness, we're still in a mortal body. We still have to choose to live after the Spirit to not sin and to uh, be uh, freed, to walk in the freedom from sickness. Now, it doesn't mean that sickness can't come to us. Again, you're in a mortal dying body. But what God has given us through his spirit, as we went over last week, is he's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. So if you do give place to the devil, 
And he comes into your life and brings death and destruction, which is all he can bring, then we have specific weapons that God has given us. We talked about these weapons last week. And this weapons, these weapons are spiritual, and they fight a spiritual enemy, which is the devil. And the devil uses spiritual uh, corruption to infect, uh, to oppress our bodies to where they actually physically manifest the spiritual corruption that he has brought into us. Now, that's why we've been told in the scriptures over and over and over again that we need to guard our heart. And how do we guard our heart? I pointed to my head for a reason. is because what gets into our heart comes through our mind. It's what the enemy's speaking to us, that if we receive and cooperate with that, that is going to give place to the devil. It starts with one simple thought. Think about all this coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 we've been hearing about, okay? You have to agree with that thought that, oh, wow, it's a terrible, deadly disease. I don't want to get it. And you have to give place to the thought that that is something that can hurt you in order for it to hurt you, okay? You have to give place to that. It can't just overpower you. How do I know that? In a, Turn with me. Isaiah 54, verse 17, makes this point very clear. Isaiah 54, uh, verse... I'm going to read into it because it's important. Verse 14... I also did a live stream on these verses, which is so important. I encourage you. I put the comments. I put it in the, not the comments, in the description below. I put the link to this, and I encourage you to click on that link and check this out. Uh, verse 14 says, In righteousness shalt thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. Now, I'm not going to teach on all this. I did already. But notice what he says, we'll be far from oppression when we don't fear. So in other words, fear is a choice. You have to choose to agree with fear. And once you agree with fear, you've given place to the devil. But listen to what this says. It goes on to say, And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. In other words, the Lord is saying, I'm not going to bring sickness and disease into your life. I'm not going to bring oppression of any kind into your life. He said, they're going to come unto you, but I'm not bringing them. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So Jesus said, just like this is saying, that things can come to you in this world, but I've given you a victory over them because I have overcome them. So again, back to the same point. The way you overcome sickness and disease, even though it's knocking on you, even though it may knock on your door, is to walk after the Spirit, to use the weapons that we've been given in the Spirit to walk victorious. You know, those weapons are offensive as well as defensive that God gave us 
the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's an offensive weapon, okay? It's not to clean your teeth. It is an offensive weapon to destroy uh, the works of the devil. He gave us the shield of faith, and that shield is there to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. It, we shouldn't be using that shield to dig out the darts out of our flesh. We should be using the shield to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. And how? what are the fiery darts of the wicked? Their thoughts, okay? We hear them every day. If you listen to mainstream media, it's loaded with the fiery darts of the wicked, okay? And if you let one of those into your flesh, what's it going to do? It's It has a chance to give place to the devil if you allow that dart to remain. But praise God, listen to what it says here. Verse 17, he said, no weapon that is formed against who? No weapon that is formed against thee. I'm a thee, you're a thee. These are promises and privileges we've been given. Again, go back to the last live stream. Uh, against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage or the inheritance that we have being a servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, this on our side of the cross is so much more meaningful because now we, it's not just his righteousness, but we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we're not having to get God to rebuke the devourer for our sakes, but we've now been given that righteousness through Jesus Christ, and we're not servants, we are children of God. And the inheritance that we have includes those weapons to stand against sin, and to resist sickness, to cast it out, uh, and to walk in the Spirit and walk in love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith, goodness, all of those, uh, all of that fruit that we have been given as part of uh, being an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Wow, that's just like, I got to pinch myself sometimes to see, is this really real? Yes, folks, it is really real. Real. It is awesomely real, as Alma Fudd used to say. So think about it. Uh, the sin, the sickness, both of them can enter into our life, even though we're born again and spirit-filled, and they can come into our life, and there's only one thing that the devil has to offer, and that is death, death and destruction, John 10, 10. The thief, which is what the, all the devil is, is he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what does he have to offer? Go to uh, Hebrews chapter 2. In Hebrews chapter 2, he makes this point. The writer makes this point in Hebrews chapter 2. Listen to this. And it's part also of what Jesus has accomplished for us, which I also read last week. It says, listen to this, verse 14. It says, for as much then as, 
as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also, speaking of Jesus, himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. So if you give place to the devil, you're giving place to death in your life. Do you realize that all sickness is incipient death? In other words, any kind of, like even a common cold, if it's allowed to remain and to uh, multiply in your body and to get a foothold in your body, it can actually bring forth death at some point because there's no life in it. So if it's allowed to remain for a long time and it's gained strength in you with your cooperation and with your physical body, it could actually take your life away. A simple common cold. So all sickness is, is a form of death, everything. And it came from where? It came from the curse. But we've been redeemed from the curse. In other words, it has no right to remain in us. In the same way that we were redeemed from sin, as Peter put it, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. In other words, he bore them away. And by whose stripes you were healed in the same way that uh, we've been delivered from sin, we've also been delivered from sickness. But both of them still have an opportunity while we're here on this earth in these mortal bodies to have uh, a place in us if we allow that. But it says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ was made a curse for us. So all of the curse mentioned in Deuteronomy 28, and even those that weren't mentioned specifically, you know, like modern diseases such as AIDS and, and whatever else man has created and, uh, and you know, released on the people, uh, those things were, are still part of the curse that the devil, through sin, uh, was able to get into the world, and that corruption continued into the world until it's at the point it is today. And uh, But it's the original source of, of that corruption came through sin and was multiplied or propagated or however you, whatever word you want to use, by the devil, because the earth, the dominion of the earth was turned over from Adam, who had it, uh, was given to him by God. He surrendered the authority of it over to Satan. And all Satan has to offer is death, death, destruction, and loss. Okay. So do you want any part of that? Well, you don't have to have any of it. That's what I'm talking about. We can choose to walk after the spirit and even though sickness or disease might come into our life, we have weapons that God gave us where we can stand against them. But there's two important things to note here is that you must be aware of your weapons and you must know how to use them. And both of them come through the word of God. The word of God gives us understanding and knowledge so that we can be a partaker of the divine nature that we have been given through Christ Jesus. 
that's what Peter shares with us. I think it's in um, it's in Second Peter chapter one. Okay, now uh, if you, I'm not going to go into them or look up all the scriptures. Now you can do this yourself. But if you'll go through the Old Testament, you'll see, and the New Testament, you'll see that many were the afflictions of the righteous, as as Paul said. But God delivers, delivers us out of them all. How does he deliver us out of them? Well, he gave us a way of escape through the new birth when we became his children uh, by belief. And so if we continue to believe his word and trust in that word, then that word becomes a, a strength or a weapon for us to defeat the enemy. Remember, Jesus in the wilderness, when he was being tempted by the enemy, he didn't just say, well, I'm the son of God. Get out of here, devil. You can't do that to me. No, he didn't say that. He went back to the word of God because he had Isaiah 54, 17 also. And he said that, and he knew that the words that rose against him in judgment, he could condemn them. And how did he condemn those words? By by bringing up out of his heart what he had written on his heart, which was, it is written. In other words, this is what the word says. This is what I'm standing in agreement with. I'm not going to accept that thought from the enemy. I'm not going to cooperate with it. And what happened? He remained free. He remained free from the oppression of the devil because he didn't give place to the devil. When the enemy challenged him, he captured the thoughts coming into his mind during that in that time in the wilderness, and he brought them captive. And then when he was out in public and the enemy was trying to work against him, he also used the weapons that he had also then. And what did he do? In one case, we say we see that he rebuked the the uh, the evil spirits and forbade them to reveal who he was. Okay, so he used the power and authority that God gave him under the inspiration of the spirit, just like you and I can do. The spirit will stir something in us to stand against the enemy, to rise up against the enemy, to resist. Uh, he'll bring a word to our remembrance. The, all those things, the spirit is leading and guiding us to allow us to walk in that freedom from sin, to empower us to walk uh, in uh, free from sickness and disease. Amen? This is the heart of our Father. He wanted us to be completely free so that we could be free to live His life and be a light in this dark world, just like Jesus. You know, Jesus was a, a shining light. He was a bright light in this world of darkness, and people were drawn to him because of that light. And others fled away from him because they loved their darkness and because their deeds were evil. They didn't want to come to the light. So we're that light today. Jesus said that we are a, a light in this world, and we shouldn't put a basket over our light, or we shouldn't hide it in a closet but we should let it shine bright. And the way we let it shine bright is to walk after the Spirit. And when we're walking after the Spirit, 
we're not giving place to the devil. And even though we're in a mortal body and sickness and disease may come to us, we don't have to allow it to remain. We can stand against it. We don't even have to let it in because the Spirit will give us direction and guidance, speaking to us, saying, hey, look, uh, you don't need to do that. Or, hey, look out, there's this trying to get, come against you. And what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is we can use the weapons of our warfare to that voice rising against us, and we don't have to let it into us. We can just flat out say, no, devil, get thee hence. You're an offense unto me because you savor not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Amen? So uh, I hope that helps. Uh, in fact, I know it will if, uh, if you go back over and and look up these scriptures I've shared, you'll see that even though we're in a mortal body, I mean, even though we've been redeemed uh, and we've been freed from sickness and sin, we still can choose to sin and we can still allow sickness and disease into our body. But we don't have to. If we will use the weapons that I've discussed here and we'll walk after the Spirit, then we'll be empowered to not only walk without sinning, but we'll also be able to walk without, without sickness or disease taking advantage of us or having dominion over us. So I hope that was all, uh, I know that was good. And, and I just thank you, Father, for quickening that, those truths to everyone that hears this teaching. And I thank you for doing that, Father. So God bless you uh, and uh, have an awesome rest of your day. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes... We are healed. God bless you.